The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, the host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I got my co-host, Terry Jackson. TJ, I call him. You that, Terry? I'm here, love. That's good. You asked me a question. Now we're going to do the show. Come on now. Come on, man. You right there? Ain't that what you told me? That's right. You be on me. It's showtime, love. Come on. Call in, right? That's it. We always going to do this show listening, so don't worry. Me and Terry be here. Terry not going to Jamaica no more. <laughs> I'm going to New York. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead. Tell us a little about that, Terry. Oh, we just got a plane trip. My Our uh, trip plan. My daughter's singing with the Children's Chorale, and they're going to be singing in Carnegie Hall. So, of course, Lori and I had never been to New York, so we decided we probably ought to try and make this trip. Well, that's a good one. I heard Carnegie Hall is an experience that everybody would love to have to go and be in there. Yeah, um, and so did we. That's why we <laughs> we tried to plan to go. See what you that's sure all you're going about. To, you sure you're going to Carnegie Hall, or you sure you're not going down there and hang out with Tebow? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we'll see Tebow. <laughs> well, I think Galen, he texted me earlier and said he might not be able to do the show. And if he is, he's going to do 30 minutes. He got a meet today. So looks like it's me and you, Terry. Okay. You know what? I was I was sitting there. I wanted you know, your opinion on this, Terry. I don't know if you looked at it. But um, I see more and more of these NFL players that played in the league and former Having problems afterwards, you know. I'm talking about Ryan Lee. Remember him, the quarterback. Yep. And he was a first round pick, was that? Was he not, Terry? If I'm saying it right. I believe he was. Yes. The San Diego, I think. And my point I'm making is, you know, you see that he's, you know, this is third offense with, you know, robbery and burglary and um, buying pills, and you know, what is the mental stage of these players like that? I mean, you see, like. You know, Dennis Rodman, he went broke now. You know, uh, Allen Iverson. Well, what do you think's going on, Terry? I mean, your opinion of it. Well, my opinion, love, is that you get these guys, these young guys, uh, immature. They haven't matured yet. And they get a lot of money. They get a lot of fame. Uh, they're in uh, high-profile situations with their, with their sports. And a lot of times things can go to their head. Um, they can get bad advice. They can get misstrued by, you know, other people outside that, that don't seem to have their best interest at heart. And, I mean, it can change you. They're just people. Um, 
just because they got a talent doesn't mean that they're not human. And, and I think that's what, you know, gets kind of misled at times, that these, these are not superstars. And, and, and we as a people, a man and a woman, have to remember the higher we go, the longer it is uh, to go down when you fall. So, well, well, Terry, do you think it's like, you know, I was listening to, um, I don't know if you knew this, like uh, a couple a week ago, you know, all, you know, there was that lottery that was a half a billion. Did you hear about that? Yeah. You know, just think about that. And now they had some people talking. They say in five years when people win a lottery, they, they're broke. And, and it's kind of sad to see that, that with, like, athletes, you know. After their career, maybe five years, you know, they're broke or they're doing things that, you know, prescription pills or they, you know, selling their Super Bowl ring. You think it's the times where uh, that lifestyle, they can live that lifestyle more to say, you know, hey, I can go spend 10000 this week and have it. And do they want to still live that lifestyle or do they know that they have to, you know, scale well, down? I, I think they probably still want to live that lifestyle and that may be a big contributing factor to it is that they can't live up to that uh, anymore because they've either kind of fallen out of out of light or, you know, um, not making that kind of money anymore. Sometimes they, I'm assuming they probably get over their head. I wished I had that problem to figure it out. <laughs> well, I, I think I'd be okay if I had, you know, a few million dollars. <laughs> I'd like to try and find a solution to that problem. But how many times you say this and we say this? Well, we had that money. We wouldn't go broke. You know right. what I'm saying? A lot. Yeah. Go ahead, Terry. I'm sorry. No, no. You're you're absolutely right. And 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 now, uh, being uh, I'm gonna say mature, <laughs> I probably wouldn't go broke. A 20 year old Terry, that's a possibility. You know, <laughs> it's a very good possibility. Well, well I kind of seen that. and I kind of want to talk to you about it because it seemed like it's. You know, and, and these big name players. You know what I'm saying? That you know, going to maybe we're not hearing about the smaller name players that's doing this, but you know, you figure 180 million, God, you know. I know that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And realistically, well, you would you would question, well, how do you spend that kind of money? But apparently, it's being done. Well, look, I got let's let's get to talking about football. You know, I'm not talking about no people. That's not okay. coming up. I'm all right. Out. I don't know about you, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I seen in the um. Let's start off. The draft is coming up, Terry. You know, and uh, we know the first pick going to be Andrew Luck to uh, Indianapolis, and the second pick, Robert Griffin Jr. is supposed to go to Washington. Donovan McNabb, that played with the Eagles in Washington, is saying that would be the worst choice for him to go to because of um, Coach Shanahan and that organization. Do you think he's saying that because he's mad and salty about them, or do you think that organization just is not good for him, Terry? Well, I think that Donovan McNabb has more right than anybody else to say, being that he played under Shanahan uh, for that time. But what he was what he was basically saying was is that they're going to kind of ruin RG3 because they're not going to utilize all of his talent. Um, and I, I think there might be some truth to that. I, I, I kind of liked uh, what, what he said, but at the same time, he would know more so than anybody, and, and granted, he probably does have a little hard feeling. He felt he was misused and, and everything else, and I thought Donovan still had some years you know, ahead of him, 
when he left uh, Philly. Um, so I kind of I kind of hate to see what happened to him, but um, I, I think I agree with that. Look, what, what, what do you think? Well, my point, Terry, is okay. When Donald was going through that thing with Washington, why didn't he speak up then? You know what I'm saying? Remember well, when they pulled him in the um, two-minute drill at the end yeah. of the game? Yeah. Why you say? You know what I'm saying? Because he's not with the fight. I think so he I was in a different situation. He was still playing. Um, he probably felt he had a responsibility and obligation. Now he doesn't. He doesn't hold any of that, and and he he feels he can speak freely. Yeah, I don't know, Terry. You see a lot of players are going to speak up. You know, look at hey, we go to basketball. Andrew Bynum and Kobe when they got pulled from the game. Bynum yeah. go, hey, I'm still going to shoot threes. You know, I don't know what. You know what I'm saying? Kobe, you know, yes, you got to speak up being a player, right? Yeah. To a certain, yeah, you, you do to a certain extent. But if we're talking about the Lakers, that's a whole different ball of wax. What is wrong with them? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> and if Kobe is acting like that, then he's supposed to be the leader and the superstar of the team. He knows better. He's no Michael Jordan. You know, he's no Michael Jordan. And until he can can do what Michael did. Meaning, when he can settle down the team, um, he doesn't have to score 35, 40 points every night and take all the shots, you know, get other people involved in the game. He's not going to win that sixth championship. You know what, Terry? That's on our menu for the day. We're going to talk about that in the second <laughs> half because I got an uh, NBA Formula Ready Play called in, so we'll get you top action there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're not trying to get off because I want to get to Dallas now. Okay. I see you trying to avoid me and talk about Lakers and all that. No, don't tell me what I'm trying to avoid. Hey, bring it on, no. man. What <laughs> you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a question come to me, and um, it was saying that, um, let me tell you what you feel, because I know you're a Dallas Cowboy fan inside and out. The Cowboy will be okay when they get their owner out of their business, you know. What do you think? And I think what they mean by the business is like, you know, on the field all the time, this and that. What do you think about that? With owners like him coming on the field and, you know, when it, it's just like you know, Mark Cuban. Well, what I think is is that I was really upset when Jimmy Johnson uh, quit. When they had the big three, uh, Aikman, Irvin, and, and Smith, and... I thought that they were really going to build a dynasty in Dallas. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't understand it at the time. And I still don't necessarily understand it. But us not being business owners, I, I don't know that we ever will. Um, do I like that Jerry Jones is all up in the Kool-Aid? I don't necessarily know that I do. But I don't necessarily know enough about being a business owner and, and a Dallas Cowboys owner to say otherwise. I mean, I think that he's a businessman. Uh, he wants to win, and he feels like he needs to be in somewhat in control. Um, he has to have have a hand in there to be successful. Uh, you're talking about a a storied franchise, the Dallas Cowboys, supposedly America's team. Um, you know, that's that's something that he's probably got. He's probably under a lot more pressure. And what we realize. So, do I want him down there on the field? I really don't care as long as the players play and the coaches coach. I really don't care, love. Okay. Uh, I know you don't care what you're saying, but do you think 
that's bothering the players, you know. Cause I know, you know, I'm going to have my owner looking down my back, you know, right here on the field, you know. I don't think it's bothering the players, you know. Um, and, and I'll give you this example because this is what I know. Uh, does it bother me when, when the chief walks down the hallway and I'm working on a case? No, it don't. Okay. I want him to see me working, okay? I want him right. to know I'm working on uh, and, and, and I'm doing my job. So I don't think it bothers them. It shouldn't. Yeah, but don't you think, you know, owners should be up in the press box where they, they, they should be and, you know. That's who? That's who, love. Who, who said that that's where they have to be? Just because they buy and own the press box don't mean they have to sit in. <laughs> if I was the owner, I might want to be down on the field with the players. You know, um, I, I can't say for sure, but I, I don't think it bothers them or affects them. At least it shouldn't. Long, they're, they're out there to do one thing, and that's to go out there and do their job, do their position. Whether Jerry Jones is on the sidelines or not, it shouldn't matter. Don't you agree with that? Oh, I mean, I see it, and I think it's a distraction to me, you know. If I got the, you know how Jerry Jones, if I can see if it's the owner that, you know, but, I mean, if I see the owner, I mean, as a coach, you know, you make the wrong play or, I mean, make the wrong call or, you know, you got to worry about, man, you know, the type of guy Jerry is, yeah, that would bother me, Terry. Yeah, it would. But have you ever seen Jerry Jones go to a player or a coach and get all up in their grill? While he's down there on the sidelines, I've seen his face expression down there. You're happy. That's altogether different. Now I can understand if if he's going up to these guys and he's going up to these coaches and he's looking over his shoulder while he's making the call, saying, "Why are you making that call? Don't call that play. Call this play." I can understand that, but I think for the most part, he lets everybody do their job. He's just down there because he's anxious and excited and wants to be there. I think that's with any owner. What about? Uh, the uh, Atlanta Falcons owner, I see him down a lot. I've also saw uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers owner. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think for the most part, Jerry Jones watches the game up top. He may be down in the fourth quarter, or you know, half the half of uh, half half a quarter to go in the fourth quarter. It's not like he's down there all game. He's not down there from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just. Different owners, you know, because I mean, uh, um, Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, he's not, you know, all get pissed off and all like that. He's down there, you know, just hanging out, having fun. He's not like Jerry, I think, you know. Jerry more aggressive, <laughs> I, I believe. Jerry Maybe is wrong. kind of owner because that's me right there, love. I'm a, I want to win, you know. <laughs> I want to win. You know that. That's intense. You're right, it's about winning, but it's a, there's a way to, you know, to treat your players, you know. And, you know, Jerry don't play, you know. You ain't doing it. You out. And you, know? you, you, you would be the same way. You know, if you had a billion-dollar franchise and they was messing with your money and you playing, and you paying them to play and they ain't playing, what you going to do, love? Yep, you're right. I'll right? tell you what, you, you hold that thought, Terry. We're going to take a break. Okay. Come back, we got a little bit more to talk about about some Detroit Lion players. I'm sure you've seen them in the news. You know, I don't know what's going on with these players, but um we'll, we'll talk about it when we get back. This is Jane Lovey you know, with my co host, T J Harry Jackson. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, back to the show with Loving That Sports Talk and my co-host, TJ, Terry Jackson. Terry, when we was on break, we kind of came up with a good question. Though. We were talking about Detroit um, Lions. They got two of their players. One of them is a second-round pick running back, and one of them is a uh, first-round defensive lineman. Uh, got in trouble with some marijuana, you know. And what we was talking about was, when is it your time alone, you know, that you have the game in the camera where, when you, you know, not playing ball, but still getting in trouble, you're still in trouble with the NFL. You know, what is that, Terry? Well, anytime you mess around with marijuana or <laughs> anything better than that, you're going to be in trouble with a lot more than the NFL. But <laughs> <laughs> when is it your time? You know, that's a good question, love, because I know that within a lot of these contracts and stuff that these guys sign, uh, especially these guys with these big, big million dollar deals, they put in a lot of extra things. Um, uh, you can't go jet ski. You get on a jet ski. You can't. Some of them probably can't even go get on a boat and and, and go on a boat and fish or or whatever the situation might be. Um, but that's a good question. I guess it's up to that individual who's signing that contract. When 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 is their time? Um, that's a good question. Uh, what do you think? You know, uh, I think we got into this before. Remember, and you would say, you know, 
when you, you know, your job, you still a law, you still got to abide by the law when you're not working, right? Absolutely. But I think, but I think that's a little different, though, Terry. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me finish what I'm saying. I think it's different than what you do and what they do. They all doing a sport, you know. I know it's a job, but it's a sport, you know, and that sport is played on the field, right? Right. When you come off the field, like I was telling you during the break, when is that time where you, that camera not in your face where I say you can wipe your nose with your hand and not with a hanky? You know? Yep. When is, when is that where you don't have to be always looking at what you do? You know, like we say, you drink eight beers, you know, drink four beers instead of nine, you know? Right. When is that time where, you know, you do get in trouble, you're not in trouble with, over with your job, but you're not working on that job now. And that's what I don't understand, you know? Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't seem like you even hear from a lot of people until they get in trouble. Right. Um, and I don't know why that is. The only thing I can think is that the way our news is right now and the way our media people, the Twitter, the, all the other stuff that we got, you, if you sneeze wrong, they're gonna, you know, somebody's going to find out about it. Um, there's stuff that's in the, in, the, in the news that's not even news that, that people write about. Um, all you got to do is, is click on MSN. Uh, ex-giant star settles a divorce. Who cares? Right. You know, when, when, when is their time their time? It, when, you, when you're in that spotlight, you don't have that privacy anymore, it seems like. And I don't, it doesn't seem to be that there's anything they can do about it. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't want that because uh, anything you say, you can't, you know, you're either right or you're wrong or they, they love you or they hate you already. But it comes along with the notoriety and fame. Love is all, is all I can think. And, I don't necessarily know that I want all that. I, I want to be famous like that. But then we talk about that when I say, you know, the media that can make you or break you, you know? Yeah, well, I, either or. You, you make or break yourself. If you give the media something bad to report, you can better believe they're going to report it. So is that the media's fault or is that your fault? I mean, there's a different, couple different ways you can look at it. Um, but there's also people that you don't hear about. You know that 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 are flying straight and and walking that line. So I don't know. Is the cameras not not on them, or is it on the ones that gather the attention? Well, tell me this, Terry. To me, uh, the media seem like to me it's like the news. I don't even watch the news because you look at the news, all is negative, killing. Uh, am I right? Right. And when you see the sports thing, it's always something negative about a player, or you know something that happened. It's yep. a rare you see any good, and and that's all it is. You know, all media stuff is all negative. So we get off saying, "Oh man, who got in trouble?" You know, well, I mean, we, I have, look- we as a society have 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 came have come that far to where that's what's attractive to us. You know, it, this is in my opinion. Um, that's the stuff that gets your attention. That's the stuff that you know catches your eye. It's not you know. Uh, somebody gave, you know, three or four hundred thousand dollars to some foundation. Nobody cares about that. Uh, those are the kinds of things that should be publicized, but they're not. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can throw the blame all over the place and there's plenty to go around. Uh, so are, are you saying that, you know, media overdo it there? Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, I mean, yeah, look at all different times. It could be sports, it could be anything. Look at the um, Trayvon Martin, that young boy that got killed. 
Right, you know. And look how people jumped on that with that meter thing. And I remember hearing a report that nobody knew about it until like a couple of weeks later and it got caught to the, you know what I'm saying, the meter, and boom, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And once they hit it and everybody started jumping on it and looking at it like us, as you know, watching, you know? Yeah. You know, the thing that gets me, Love, is, is in my job, I, you know, there's tragic things that happen all the time that go unreported. Um, and very few of them will make the news and, and, and make nationwide news and, and so on and so forth. Um, but talking about these these athletes, just like you said, you're, you're absolutely right. A lot of things on 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 the Internet or on the news or the the main uh, captions are, are negative. Um, and I don't know why that is other than I think that they think that that's what catches people's eye. Um, you can't tell me that if if you turned on the Internet on MSN and seen something saying, uh, former football player kills his wife, that you wouldn't click on that and read it. Would you? I want to see who that is. Um, yeah. That kind of thing. So... Yeah, I mean they they play a big part in it, and, and I wish they wouldn't be all negative like that because there's a lot of good things that happen. You know, uh, these guys making these millions of dollars don't spend it all. They they do donate a lot of their their time and 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 money and stuff to uh, to different organizations and stuff, and that's that's just not publicized enough. It's funny you say that too, Terry, because uh, I remember maybe a month ago and I looked and it popped up on the internet, you know. Now, Tiki Barber, um, um, Barry getting engaged, well, getting married, and still having divorced first wife. And that was all over. And I'm like, hey, I want to read about this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, like, what you say? Who care about him? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it caught my eye. And I'm like, hey, that Tiki, a football <laughs> player I knew, you know? Yeah. I wasn't reading about, like, why do I care, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's oh my goodness. like you say, and I wasn't worried about that article that was next to it, you know, saying, hey, um, there was a burglar that killed, you know, four older people, you know? Right. Yep, you know? I know. So, but you're right. We look at stuff like that and we're like, hey, I want to read about this, you know, like, I'm all over that story about that um, cheerleader for the Browns, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> He started with a 16 year. I'm like, hey, oh, what's that number? You know, it's like that, you know. Yeah, am I right, though, Terry? <laughs> yeah, you're right. But any any 16 year old ain't going to say nothing. And, and he, I don't think he did. Yeah, he's not one to cooperate. You know, he's like, leave me alone, leave her alone. You know? Yeah, leave her alone. He's messing it up for me. <laughs> But what I was saying, you know, that's what we look to, and we look to read those stories. I'm like, who really care? You know, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I know. And it goes from your highest paid um, star athlete to your cheerleader, now uh, teacher. I mean, it goes all the way down the line. So it's just it's just negative news that people people. Uh, Want to hear? Or at least they think they want to hear. Well, you know something, Terry. Is that Chile liable like the players are? That off this thing, that what she does is supposed to be on the contract? I don't hmm. think she's currently a cheerleader now. I, I thought she had quit cheerleading and uh, and was a teacher. 
or is it vice I, versa? I think she was only doing the um, teacher while she wasn't on the season one then. If I was right, I read it right. I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, well, but still, you know, she I, got that name behind her, right? Yeah. You know, love, I don't know. I, I don't know what, uh, I really don't know. I don't know what kind of contracts they have to sign, what kind of, you know, things they're under, what their policies are. But does she making uh, millions of dollars like some of these guys are? I mean, I know she's probably on the camera once in a while, but she's not in front of hundreds of thousands of people as long as some of these other star athletes are. Do you hold her at that standard as you hold them? Well, isn't that the organization name, right? The Brown? Possibly could be. Uh, that I don't know. Because she represented that organization with that name, Cleveland Brown Cheerleaders, right? Yeah. So I, I would I would think, you know. I, I think it was say, Cincinnati you know, Bengals, love. I think it's the Bengals cheerleader. She was might Cincinnati, be. Cincinnati Bengals cheerleader. I know one of those sorry teams. Or well, maybe it's Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it ain't Dallas. <laughs> I remember back in the day, Terry, when they first started that with Dallas Cheerleaders. Remember that? Uh-huh. And you yeah, know you was, was watching them Dallas Cheerleaders. Boy, you thought they was the best thing in the world, didn't you? <laughs> Between them and Charlie's Angel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, old Farrah Fawcett. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but yeah, I remember Dallas Cheerleaders came out. Uh, maybe they were the first one with it, weren't they, Terry? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, love, real quick. Back to kind of what we were talking about. Here's a report I'm looking at right now. It says, Tiger Woods ignoring his sick half-brother. Now, what does that have to do with the price of anything? <laughs> does that make good sense? Is that good news? Who Who is Tiger Woods' half-brother? Right. Uh, and you have to be this, Terry. If we went on here talking, what would you do? You would read that article, wouldn't you? I, I wouldn't because I could care less. Well, <laughs> <laughs> how many people would? That's my point. Saying, "Hey, we we know it's that, but we know he had a half brother." <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's it's silly stuff like that. It just makes no sense at all. And um, you know, I don't know if getting paid millions of dollars worth it. Quite frankly. Yeah, but it's not, I don't think, his half-brother, the people, they won't hear about Tiger Woods. Am I right? Right. That's that's the key to it. You know, we hear all these stories about these players, this and that, but we won't hear about really the, that player that, you know, like Tiger, what, you know, or Ryan Leaf or, you know what I'm saying, or that chili, the, you know, husband. Yeah, I know it. But you know what, Bill Parcells, I was reading a, uh, something Bill Parcells said about that guy, Ryan Leaf, and, and I thought it was good. Um, you know, you get a guy who, by the time he, you know, is, is ready for the NFL football, he is the guy he's he's going to always be. And apparently, there was something kind of shady about Leaf from the beginning, um, coming in overweight, not in shape, that kind of thing. Um, so this isn't something new. And this is something that people probably could have picked up on way before, but his talent was overshadowing that. They, they, were, they were saying, you know, well, maybe if he, you know, we can change him. Uh, all, all we need to do is, is, is get him in our camp and, and he'll be fine. But those things weren't addressed then. So 
I kind of I, I I liked what he said, and he's I happen to agree with him. So you know what, Terry? I, I agree with what you're saying too. The talent is always showing what they do and all that, and we kind of look past that. You know, like hey, look at that. You know, we ain't gonna look at that. Yeah. But I tell you what, we're gonna get a lot of questions about that, about how these talented players are getting away with so many things and why. And we're going to ask our best friend, Reggie Slater, that we were former NBA player. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to load him up with questions and ask him about the NCAA, what he think of that. And, you know, so what we're going to do, Terry, we'll take another break, and then we're going to get Reggie on the line and just load him up and say, come on, man. Right on. This is James and Terry. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel kevin lewis has been a student of the game his entire life from little league to the nfl tune in wednesdays at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern right here on voice america sports hustling with k lewis it's not where you start it's how you finish Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. James Lovin, host of Loving That Sports Talk. I got my co-host Terry Jackson. You there, Terry? Still? I'm here. I'm here. Terry, always good to have this young gentleman. I was, um, uh, you know, been on the show before many a time. Uh, Formerly in the NBA, and I like to get him on there as our NBA analyst, like Stephen Jackson. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I won't call you Skip Davis. That's Jalen. <laughs> so how you doing, Reggie Slater? I'm doing very well. I'm feeling the love. I'm feeling the love. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we're going to get right into here and just bombard you. First, I want to talk about the NCA. You know, you always have the Kentucky, the North Carolinas, you know, um, Duke. All these college players are coming out with their first year one and done. You think that's good for them, you know, because 
I heard a little something about buying him. If he had played at least one year, his attitude would be better. What do you think about that? Well, I think, uh, you know, I want to be fair when I make this comment that uh, the phrase, you want to get it while the getting is good, is, is fully applicable and applicable in this uh, in this situation. However, uh, in, 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 as athletes and former athletes, uh, we, we, we always have short-term goals and long-term goals. Uh, I think for every aspiring professional player coming up from high school to college, and if they are fortunate enough to be that very few percentage of guys that make it to the pros, they've hit these marks of short-term goals. However, I think a longer-term goal after that short shelf life of being a professional athlete is to make sure you get that education one of the best examples that I could ever use of that is Michael Jordan. And he was probably or arguably one of the better basketball players to ever play the sport of basketball. However, he always went back to North Carolina to get his, uh, you know, take a few classes here and there so that he got his degree. And the last I checked, he's doing pretty good in business. Not so well as the owner of the Bobcats. <laughs> However, if you start looking at the paper and the money trail, you always want to follow the money. He's doing pretty well. So, uh, I think, you know, on one hand, we're telling these kids, these aspiring athletes, especially in basketball, how good you are, how great you are, and you always want to be on the good side, so you're always telling them the positives and not really giving them the real. You're not really giving them the downside of anything. I think in, when people do that, whether that's their coaches or their parents especially, you're crippling, you're enabling them and you're crippling them. But, um, you know, if somebody needs to step in, I'm not sure who that is, and I think with the NBA, they had programs that, that, that had counselors and whatnot, but it was voluntary. But uh, these kids have got to realize that, that they aren't invulnerable and that they need to set them up themselves up uh, for a longer-term goal and get their education. Do, do I think it hurts the NBA uh, for these young guys coming out? No. Do I think it hurts the kids in the end? Yes. Because in the end, you're giving somebody that's not used to money a lot of money, and what's going to happen is the same thing that percentage-wise happens to people that hit the lottery. They're going to go broke. So, there you go. That's my long-winded two cents. <laughs> um, don't, don't you think that, you know, and I, and I use this as, a, as an example, uh, Britney Spears, um, who's the other one, Lindsay Lohan, these, these young, immature kids that, that come into stardom, and and they get all this money and they get all these things that they've never had and nobody ever says no to them, including the parents, because they want to keep them happy, like you said, Reggie. That just kills these kids in the long run. And and they grow up and they get into drugs or they get into something, some kind of trouble, some kind of uh, misuse of something, and they well, end up falling hard. Well, yeah, I mean, and I liken that to... Again, when you speak of the Britney Spears, the Lindsay Lohans, all these people probably account for a very small percentage of half a percent of half a percent mm-hmm. of the people that are aspiring to get there. But in the unlikely chance and the, and the great chance that they do make it, I liken it to, and I think I said this to you before, Love, that it's like cavemen and fire as a comparison to these people and money. You can either use it to... To, to, to clothe yourself and to keep yourself warm and healthy, feed yourself, or you can burn yourself with it. Uh, you know, you have to really uh, develop an understanding 
of money and 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 uh, what how money affects people. Um, you know, I, I was very fortunate enough to play in the NBA for a number of years, and I know what it's like to be in that materialistic world where nobody says no, and 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 um, for at least a short period of time, it seems like all your happiness is gained through material things. But in reality, and you can probably go to one of these detox shows on celebrity rehab. That's not what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I think when you get intoxicated in that world of material living, that's an unfortunate byproduct of fame and wealth. You know, Reggie, um, I'm glad you said. That. I want to talk about that a little bit more. But I know Terry got something to ask you about. You know, these athletes, this or that. But when you said that, and I was telling Terry earlier in the show, like, you know, you have the Ryan Leaf that's going out doing burglary and, and all that. You got uh-huh. the Dennis Rodman. I've seen the win bro. The Allen Adams have said, what is it, Reggie, that's going on? You just said something that, you know, you were fortunate enough, you played many years, but how do you manage that life after you're done, Reggie, you know? Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, it goes back to you have to have a very strong foundation. A house can't be built on sand. It's got to be built on something concrete. So if you're blessed enough to have some good mentors, some good parents, some good people around you that, 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 that teach you to believe in yourself and that you are not defined by all this material stuff that we just talked about earlier, that helps. Unfortunately, that's not the case in, 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 um, you know, in, in many of these cases. Because if you think about it, if you look at these guys that go from rags to riches, it's just what it is, rags to riches. And I go back to it, the people that's poor go into an entirely different environment social structure than what they're used to. So they're just going to do, they're going to, they're going to make some mistakes. And some of these mistakes are tragic. But, but do you think, Reggie, that, you know, like, could you see this happening though? That's my point. That these players like, you know, Ivan, Iverson and, you know, Antoine Walker, I think I think he is when, you know, poor. And I just seen, you know, Dr. J. He was earlier was selling one of his um, championship rings. Do you see that yeah. happening? Oh yeah, I mean it happens, but it happens in life. I mean, uh, uh, athletes, uh, former athletes, or professional athletes are just like regular people. Uh, I mean, they've got their ups and downs too, and they. And I think in a society where we're or we were for a long, very long period of time here in America, encouraged to put that on our back till we could not take it anymore. Uh, that's not just limited to the common man. I think everybody, uh, you know, got caught up in the aspiring to keep up with the Joneses uh, scenario. Um, you know, and we kind of overextended ourselves. Uh, and that's not limited to the common man. That's limited to it, and that, that, in, that is inclusive, all inclusive, inclusive of everybody. Um, you know, uh, it's hard for, say, uh, Allen Iverson, I would guess, I'm just guessing here, who came from a poor neighborhood to, to 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 enjoy all the great things and possibilities and opportunities that the NBA opened up to him without sharing that with the people that protected him when he was a kid. I get that mindset, but I think what a better mindset would have been would have been to instead of throwing money at these guys, as I'm guessing, I don't know if that's what happened, uh, to get these guys in some type of vocational school and help them start uh, with businesses and. That way, they can be like seeds as far as a business growing and then spreading to a new crop. 
as opposed to just, you know, the fast money right now. But, uh, I mean, what 20-year-old or 25-year-old is thinking that? None. So, I mean, I think it's very important I go back to you having good mentors or parents or somebody that you trust that can come around you and say, look, get your stuff together. This ain't going to last. Have your fun, but make sure you plant seeds for the future. And if you really love your friends, you'd be doing the same thing for them. Before we get the show is over, I want you know get you to tell what you're doing out there in uh, Houston too. So I'll remind you of that. But go ahead, Terry. I know you have a question about um, Kobe. Well, I'd just like to say first that uh, I I don't think it could have been said any better than that, Reggie. Uh, and that's you know that's coming from somebody who's been there and who knows, and and that's real talk. Mm-hmm. Um, now this Kobe Bryant and um, Andrew Bynum thing that they got going on. And correct me if I'm wrong, but from my understanding, Kobe took, I don't know, too many shots, and he wasn't hitting any. And I think Bynum got a little upset <laughs> and decided to shoot some threes, which was totally out of his uh, character. And uh, I think one or, or both of them ended up getting benched. Can uh-huh. you tell me what is going on with this superstar L.A. Lakers Showtime Kobe <laughs> Bryant team? Well, I'm not with the team, but I can I can only imagine. I mean, you're talking about L.A. You're talking about the you're pretty much the entertainment capital of the world. You're talking about a team that has somebody named Metal World Peace on there. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, this is L.A. Man. I mean, come on. Uh, again, I was fortunate enough to play in the NBA, and I was fortunate enough to be in that scenario where there's. You know, I wasn't the, I wasn't even a starting five, and I never wanted for anything. So I can only imagine what a Kobe Bryant or an Andrew Bynum or or any of those guys uh, have to deal with psychologically, uh, because you you know you keep pe- hearing people tell you know, love you're great, Terry you're great, you're great, you're awesome. After a while, you're pretty sure you're gonna believe that. Um, and and you know you get it's all intoxicating. I keep using the word intoxicating. But here, here's the deal that I would say from an outsider's perspective, from a guy that was in that world that, you know, that's, that's been out for a while and has transitioned, this, that, and other. What are you in the business of? Winning. And logically, uh, winning. Yeah. Winning. And I go, and when I have meetings with, with, with uh, my, the people that I work with, that's the same thing that I tell them. I just want to win. I don't care if Terry takes the shots. I don't care if Love takes the shots. Because in the end, I'm going to do my part. I know I'm confident enough in myself. I'm going to do my part, and we're going to win, and everybody and the glory is going to be shared. But I think once you're getting that, uh, you know, if you get too caught, caught up in that world of he says, she says, and immaturity, uh, again, you're dealing with Andrew Bynum, who, if I remember correctly, he came straight out of high school. And he's been in there for quite some time, so he's, uh, more than intoxicated right now. He's he's probably loopy in that world and has probably yeah. forgotten what it's like to be hungry. I mean, uh, and when I say hungry, I don't mean physically starving, but I mean mentally right. and physically starving to, to get there. Again, I go back to the goal is to win. It doesn't matter what Kobe takes the shot. I bet, I bet, I bet both of you guys, uh, I bet both of you guys could name the starting roster the L.A. Lakers back when Mask was in, his, uh, in the mid-80s. Yeah. Yeah, Mag- and, it, and you know why? Because you won. 
You didn't know if if if, if Byron was going to uh, hit a bunch of shots or Kareem or or any of those guys. The magic might start going off. The goal is to win, and I think in that setting, from outside looking in, they're kind of losing focus of that. The but don't you think, Reggie, that you know Kobe, the leader of this basketball team, and and feels that he probably has to take things on his shoulders and do everything. And you got Pau Gasol and you got Andrew Bynum down there, um, good players, all star players. Don't you? And, and, and I think all star players. Remember, 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 these are humans too. Yeah, you absolutely. Remember that Paul Gasol has been riddled with yep. questions about how about his manhood and how tough he is. He has been blistered with mm-hmm. comments about being traded. All that hard work he's done all his life. Yeah, not appreciated and traded. So think about that for a second before you start talking about uh, where his confidence level is right now. Right. Think about Bynum, who's been working hard and hard and hard, and he's still waiting for his time to shine and rise. Meanwhile, Kobe's still rising, and all the news is on Kobe. What's going on in his head? Yeah. I mean, no, you have Reggie. to take all that into account. And then you Reggie, got Kobe. You might- you might more. not like me out there, but I got a two-part question for you. One is, <laughs> what are we telling? <laughs> what are we, you uh, told me I could disagree with you, right, Red? Oh yeah, you can disagree with me all day long. Okay, what is it we teaching our young kids that you know all it is about winning? I know when I coach, I hate it because that's all they thought about was winning, and all these kids got in their head is winning. So what you're saying is, when you got these kids that see Kobe now acting a fool because all they want to do is win, on that that's what we teach our young kids to do when they get older. No, when, so you, when you're coaching kids. your young kids, do you tell them, oh, it's about winning? I thought it was about the fundamental of the sport, right, Reggie? Well, it's a process. You, you don't get to B and C before you get to A. In order to learn how to win, you got to learn the fundamentals. It, it, it's a step-by-step process. But once you are fortunate enough to get those skills, as fundamental as they may be, uh, I think what the problem we have with the kids, is, especially in America, I'm using, I'm using Americans. We live in an instant gratification place. You can turn on the TV and see the top ten highlights, and guys will stop doing left-hand layups and start doing behind-the-back, over-the-shoulder passes because it looks cool. Yeah. Instead of doing the fundamentals, you got to do the fundamentals. They want to win, and they they want to win, but they don't want to put the work in to become winners. That 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 that's something I see with the young kids right now. That's something I see with adults right now. Yeah. You want the big fancy house, but you mean I got to work? Yeah. You tell I got to stay later? You mean I got to stay? Oh, no. I ain't. No. Oh, no. Dog, I ain't want to do that. Now, you know? Reggie, what, what do you think about the coach? Don't you think that the coach has something to do with this? He's got to, to be the, the, the settling mind in this thing. I mean, this is a million-dollar organization, a, a pro basketball team. These guys are getting played. They're paid many of many of millions, and they're they're being paid to win. Uh-huh. But it's like he he he's a first year coach with this team, and it just seems like they're kind of in a disarray. Where what's what's he supposed to be doing with all this? Is he supposed to take these guys out and bench them, or is he supposed to get in their face and say, "Look, you're gonna play my way, or you're not gonna play at all"? What what does he do? Mike has got to. You're dealing with egos. All of us have egos. I mean, I, I think we, all three of us sat in the same room 
I don't know if we could all sit in there. So I had to be so big full of egos here. That's a good thing. Yeah. Now, when you're dealing with, with the NBA guys, and you got to have confidence. Holy cow, you're paying in front of 20,000 plus a, a, a game that's there and millions viewing. You've got to have confidence. And that confidence blooms up. So uh, these guys have to be mentally tough. Now, in saying that, you got to have a coach that is another level up. They yeah. had the Zen Master for years. Yeah. Fine games, tricks. Yeah. And you didn't see this going on. Here and there. <laughs> you know, he, they had, I mean, it's just, I mean, the mind game, the, menta- the, the mind is like a, uh, like, like the pectoral muscles or your biceps, right? You keep working, you're going to be strong. Yeah. What I'm trying to get to is, uh, Kobe and, and Powell, these guys are juggernauts. These guys are pretty strong. Now, Mike has to up his game. Right. He's got to be like the damn incredible Hulk mental-wise. Right. Know? I mean, he's got to maintain order. But, but he's not stepping up. He's got, to, he's got to wrestle these guys so that they're all on the same page. Yeah. Well, Reggie, how can you wrestle a Kobe with Pinton? Basically, run that organization. How can you do that? How did Phil Jackson wrestle Michael Jordan? With his mind. <laughs> yep. Got to be yeah. smarter. It's not about and Michael, and, 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 and Michael Jordan conformed, and he hey, was successful. You have to exactly. You have to buy into the system because, well, Michael Jordan uh, is, is is he's the epitome to me of a person that he hated to lose more than he loved to win. He hated to lose more than he wanted to win, and so in the end, Mike knew that in order to win a championship. He had to stop. He had to start involving other guys. I mean, you know, early in his career, Mike would take you know a gazillion shots all in the first, second, third, fourth quarter, end up with thirty, thirty-five points. Yeah. As the as the, as the game progressed, he realized he couldn't do it on his own. So, and watch the whole tape to see if I'm lying. He might take one or two shots in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, uh, two or three, four in the second, uh, third, especially fourth. And Kobe does it too. That's when a lot of the majority of shots are. Why? Because he needed Steve Kerr. He needed Pippen believing. He needed yeah. Dennis or Harvey or, or any horse, I'm sorry, believing. Because as great as that mentality is that pro athletes have, when we come down, we come down. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing worse than opening up the USA Today and, uh, you know, <laughs> you suck, you stink. You're stupid. I mean, that is a heck of a blow to your ego. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, you're jealous of Kobe, and why are they doing that? And this new coach, Coach uh, Brown, isn't like Phil Jackson. That's a lot of pieces to this puzzle. You know, yeah. Lorenz, we short time, but I want you to definitely get out what you're doing in Houston. Then hopefully we can have you next week to talk more. You know, I love having you on. So if you come back next week, and we can finish, you know, more NBA talk, which I love it. But go ahead and tell everybody what you're doing out there in Houston. You're doing a great uh, thing. I, I basically um, retired uh, shucks about 10, 11 years ago, and I own, own um, eight businesses now. Uh, I own a, um, I own a, uh, I own six oil chain stores in the greater Houston area. I own a, uh, a, um, a gymnasium and a sports performance uh, facility. So you know I'm. Uh, I've made that transition from athlete to business world and trying to <laughs> trying to use the same fundamentals, 
people working together, achieving goals, all that stuff that I did in the athletic world into the business world. Oh, yeah, and right. to win. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to win, baby. Hey, I don't care who it is. Hey, we have meetings every Tuesday. <laughs> and it's a round table, and I love guys that think outside the box. I want, I don't need people that think like me. I need people that think from different avenues. And, and, Absolutely. And, and I just want to win. Again, I don't care who takes the shot. Terry, <laughs> you, yeah. uh, I don't care. But did we win? Okay, all right. <laughs> That's the goal, man. I want to win. Okay. That's all. Well, Reggie, you want to go, and, and I know you want to win. Before, Reggie, before we go, um, I want to let you know again that one of the best college basketball games I ever saw was Wyoming and Southern Mississippi. And oh, you yeah. and Witherspoon, y'all were just dunking on each other left and right. <laughs> and it was so exciting and, 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 and so great to watch. I don't think you realize. I, I remember that so so much to this day. But, when you got in the NBA, I was watching Jordan. I apologize, I didn't follow you much. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but I just wanted to let you know that. Yeah, I was watching too. I was watching them too. <laughs> it's uh, it's great talking to you and having you on. I really enjoy you, really. Yeah. Right, pleasure is all mine, guys. Thank you for the opportunity to talk to you guys and uh, discuss things. Y'all have a fantastic day. God bless you. Thank all you. Right, you too, Reggie. God bless. Thanks. And Terry, they go another Loving Us Sports Talk show with James Loving Terry Jackson. Here we go. See you next week, <laughs> always, right, Terry? That's right. All right, thanks again, Terry. You bet, thank you. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.